welcome back. Welcome back to Alice in Hollywood. I'm Allie Brainard. I'm Jen Fernald, and we are back. We said that already. Sorry, we are back. She just gave me a <laughs> We're back with part two of Playboy. Playboy. Yeah. Let's just dive just right start. in. Yeah, we got a lot to cover we today. We got a lot to cover. We're going to start off with The Girls Next Door and, and Secrets of Playboy. So if right any of you haven't alley. seen it, Girls Next Door was a reality show. It followed three of Hefner's living girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And it was on for six seasons. That's a long run. I actually didn't think it was on that long. But I think I only watched a couple seasons because I want to say after season three or four... Holly, Bridget, and Kendra aren't on it anymore, and it's like the twins. It was actually the first five seasons they were on, and I oh think it was just the sixth season where, yeah, the three of them leave, and then they bring in the twins and Crystal. Oh, yeah, we'll get into the twins later. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of them. But I vividly remember their interviews oh. in Secrets of Playboy. Let's start with the OG three. We've got yeah. Holly Madison, Kendra Wilkinson, and Bridget Marquardt. Am I saying that right? Marquardt? Yes, I think you are. Let's get into Kendra because honestly, like even to this day, and I mean, we've discussed Bridget and Holly having the podcast. Like Kendra, A, refuses to go on the podcast, refuses to even have any kind of relationship with these girls. Yeah. And she very heavily denies anything that really went down in the mansion, which I find really super gaslighty. And they do talk about that in the podcast. They constantly are saying, you know, we don't want to say that this was Kendra's experience, but this was our experience. And they kind of get into the dynamics of the girls at the Playboy Mansion and that there's always a new girl and that Kendra was the last in quotes new girl. Mm. So she never experienced what they experienced. She was always the favorite. She was always the young, cute, fun, bubbly one. Yeah. Meanwhile, Holly, like... Had was, been there for years. And she was the main girlfriend for a while. And then when you're like the main girlfriend, Hef tries to pit everyone else against you. He was like really manipulative in that way. So she got a lot of hate from everybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holly gets into that a lot in the podcast, too. She talks about how being the main girlfriend kind of isolated her from all the other girls. And the yeah. only ally that she had was Bridget. Yeah. So sad. Anyway. But it's so interesting to me, too, that Kendra, despite telling the other girls like, oh, it was positive experience, you're rewriting history, whatever. She wrote a memoir where she kind of talks about being really unhappy there. Like, okay, we'll read some quotes from the memoir. And the first one that I found really alarming was that when she talked about how they would all have sex with Hef. She said, quote, I had to be very drunk or smoke lots of weed to survive those nights. There was no way around it. That's not a good. You call that a positive experience? Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to feel that way about sex with someone. Just FYI. This is just a big PSA for anybody listening. I don't think you should have to be intoxicated. Like heavily so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is something that all the girls said. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. I mean, we'll get into what they did what it was like Ugh. but i do remember in uh secrets of playboy and the podcast they talk about kind of like recruiting women for these nights 
Like Holly would have to be pressured into bringing new girls that they would party with and be like, do you want to come upstairs? Mm. But Holly really talks about how she had to stop doing it. She just felt very, very uncomfortable doing that because it's like leading a sheep to slaughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're so excited to get Hef's attention. But in reality, it's to bring them upstairs for group sex under the influence of quaaludes or whatever he gave you. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like, it, it kind of sounds like he'd lay there and they would just line up and, like, take turns. Like, that is so disgusting. It's so gross. And he also, like, refused to use condoms and would mm-hmm. just use, like, a wet towel. A wet towel, Jen. Well, that's why. And Sorry, we'll, I'm jumping we'll talk, ahead. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little more about it. I got excited. Br- Bridget does reference that. Okay. But, yeah, back to Kendra. She wrote the memoir. Here's another quote from her book i feel fat hef everybody is so pretty it's making me really insecure to which he replied well you look a little bigger maybe you could go to the gym and she goes i went to my room and cried myself to sleep i was disappointed in myself i had this whole mansion and a great life to enjoy and all i was doing was lying around and eating i felt so lazy and miserable this was supposed to be paradise but for me it wasn't Hmm. girl you sound so insecure and unhappy like doesn't doesn't sound like this is a positive experience that's what i find so confusing yeah i don't know why she's so staunch like against holly and bridget she thinks it's like basically without saying it pathetic that they still bring this stuff up yeah like when it's a big portion of your life you know trauma i mean it takes I think five years to get over one year of trauma. How many years was Holly there? It was like a decade. Yeah. She also said, quote, nights were hard because while my playmate friends got to go out and party, I would have to be home by 9 p.m. I'd get a text message from a girl that read, having so much fun in Vegas, wish you were here. That was devastating. I felt so trapped and angry when I was missing out on something good. So she couldn't even be like a normal person. I was going to say, when I was her age, when I was 21, there's no way you could tell me I had to be home by 9 p.m. I'm not even leaving the house till 10 p.m. I wanted to go out. I was out all the time. I'm sorry. You cannot tell me that you were happy as a 21-year-old when you had to be home at 9 p.m. to have sex with your 80-year-old boyfriend. Stop. And it's so funny because they constantly get into how none of this ever happened. Like in the show, they're like, no, everyone thinks that we have to have sex with Hef, but we don't have to. And I remember even as a kid watching it being like, what a crock of shit. (laughs) Yes. I was like 12 watching this being like, as if. Yeah. And... To talk a little about Bridget now, she does like talk about that a lot and talks about how it was very like robotic and it was kind of just like a regular occurrence where it was almost like you knew every like Wednesday and Saturday night or whatever like the I think it was Wednesdays. A lot of days were like they would all go out to a club. Club. It was the club night. And when they came back, they would all take turns basically like hopping on top. Stop. And... (laughs) She says that her her first night in the mansion, the other girls were like, okay, it's your turn. And she was like, no, I just got here. Like, I'm not comfortable. And they were like, you have to. And she was like, again, like, no, I'm really not comfortable with this. And they were like, you have to do it or you're going to get kicked out of the house. So then she agreed to, even though she really didn't want to. Yeah. And then she says after that, the only way she could like really get herself to do it was if she went first. 
because I could see like that. You I would want to go first where he doesn't use protection. She was like, that's the only way that I could get my head around it being like unclean. Oh, my God. That's so disgusting. Yeah. Isn't a that... wet rag towel? Uh-huh. Isn't what that is that so doing, disgusting? sir? Nothing. It's doing absolutely nothing. And then some of the girls, you know, had other boyfriends and because he never used protection and you didn't know who was sleeping with who or who was getting tested it was like it just sounded really unsafe so speaking about these nights you know holly published that memoir in 2015 i remember it being like such a big shitstorm over Mm -hmm. this book everyone was so upset with her being like Oh, you turned on the show that made you. Oh, now you don't like half, blah, 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 blah. And I think even half made some kind of comment on it. I forget what. But it sucks. She had all this backlash for like telling her truth. Yeah. In the book, she talks about how half was a really controlling and emotionally abusive boyfriend. And that Mm -hmm. he was the manipulator instigating all the drama, pitting all the other girls against the main girlfriend. I think Holly thought when she took this role on of main girlfriend, because they both enjoyed like old movies. I think Holly was kind of more of an old soul. Yeah. That it would kind of suit her. But it actually isolated her even more. In the podcast as well, she gets into that first night that she had with Hef and how it really, really traumatized her. And here's a quote from the book. I definitely was not expecting to be the first one to go that night, but I was wasted. He was literally pushed on top of me. After it happened, I was just mortified and embarrassed and it had more of an emotional impact on me than I thought it would. It's so sad. Really horrible. And she said he did try to give her quaaludes, quaaludes that yeah. night, too, and she refused. I remember but that, yeah. That was, Bridget confirmed that, too. She was like, yeah, he would just pass them out like candy, and I never took them either. And the other girls were all like, no, you you have to take them or he'll stop giving them to us. I remember that, too. So she was like, I would just take them and pocket them, but I never, like, actually took the pill. What is going on? Like, who even takes quaaludes? <sighs> But I think that that was the only way these girls could, like, get themselves to, like, do it. Do this Well, stuff. I remember half calling them leg openers. Oh, gross. Yeah. Yes. I remember that right. in Secrets of Playboy. He said that to Holly yep. that first night when he offered her one and she said no. Yes. He was like, oh, I, I don't normally take these either, but they're leg openers or something like that. Oh, my God. Anyway. Wow. So gross. Oh, and then she does mention in the memoir... Kind of what you were saying where they were expected to like bring other yeah. girls upstairs, but she talks about this girl Vicky. Yeah, they talk about her being in the like the too. instigator. It says Vicky was eager to bring as many girls up into the bedroom as possible. I could guess her reasoning. The more options have had, the less likely she'd be called to duty. It seemed to me that she made it her mission to lure every new playmate up to the bedroom to pay their dues. That's just such an icky way. That is disgusting. Pay their dues. Yeah. Here's another quote from the memoir. The climate inside the mansion was toxic. I didn't participate in the cocaine benders, the side boyfriends, or all their harebrained money-making schemes that were all in direct violation of Hef's rules. Yeah. And (laughs) I think everyone, like, imagined that because they were the girlfriends of this 
you know, insanely wealthy person and they were on TV and they lived these glamorous lives that meant that they were rich, but they actually weren't. And no, like, well, he like rented out the rooms in the mansion, apparently, like he didn't even own like he owned the mansion, but like didn't I remember something like that happened? There was a point in time a few years before his death where he actually sold it. And yeah, but the compromise was, well, you'll own it, but I am still going to live here. Mm, right and i i mean someone actually took him up on that offer i don't remember who weird but yeah we'll kind of get into some quotes from holly from her secrets of playboy episode and she talks a lot about the allowance situation yeah and and how she still kind of like had to have or wanted to have a job on the side because they weren't like rich like everyone thought well not only that i think she wanted to maintain her job outside of the mansion to have some kind of normalcy to have somewhere to go to have outside friends because none of that was encouraged and she had come from a small town in i think she's from arizona and she had come to la and she really wanted to be an actress yeah her quote on this is I kept my waitressing job just like one day a week because I wanted just to have something easy to go back to should things not work out. And he said it made him jealous and he would appreciate it if I quit my job. So instead, we were given $1,000 a week as an allowance. Wow. And then we'll talk more about how he then used that allowance against them later on. Yeah. And then this is also important too. Hef constantly used Playboy as a manipulative tactic the playboy covers yeah like holly and bridget wanted nothing more than to be a centerfold girl mm-hmm. and half would like hold that over their heads throughout their whole relationship and just constantly tell them no you know you don't look good enough or no we're gonna do this other girl and it's just kind of sad yeah he literally told holly she wasn't photogenic enough to be a playmate that's so sad yeah I remember this in the show when she did this. My hair was really long naturally. And I was just like, I'm going to go chop my hair off so at least I can look a little different. I came back with short hair and he flipped out on me. And he was screaming at me and said it made me look old, hard, and cheap. And I remember in the show when she goes to get her hair cut. Yeah. It's it's so crazy. Well, because it was like he wanted them all to look the same. So they would all get like their hair done and get like plastic surgery to kind of like look. They just they all looked the same. It's kind of creepy. And she was like, okay, I'm like feeling a little insane. Like I want to be a little different. different. And he just totally hated on her for it. Even Bridget was like he was extra mean to Holly. Yeah. And in the podcast, she kind of gets into how their relationship was kind of Stockholm syndrome Like, she would perceive Hef as a protector. So mm-hmm. she would be like, hey, Vicky said this about me, yada, yada, yada. And he would turn it on Holly and actually, like, not protect her or maybe go tell Vicky something. Like, he was the instigator of all the girls' drama. Yeah. And presented himself as this protector towards Holly. So she would constantly go to him for advice or tell him the problems, but was not being protected by him. Yeah, she even says, this is another quote from Secrets of Playboy, I definitely thought I was in love with Hef, but it was very Stockholm Syndrome. Exactly. She kind of talks about how she felt like really gaslit into believing that like, no, he's actually a really good person, but really it was just this like very cult-like atmosphere that everyone's sort of like 
admired him. So, like, he couldn't possibly be doing anything wrong. Let's get into the blackmail. So Holly said in her memoir, too, that, you know, all these girls on these nights where they're giving quaaludes, etc., like they would go out and kind of get crazy. Yeah. And he would do that on purpose. Of course. He always had a camera on him. And she says this in her memoir. When I lived at the mansion, I was afraid to leave. Something that was always lingering in the back of my mind, I think, since the very beginning was that if I left, there was just a mountain of revenge porn waiting to come out. When you would go out with Hef, he's kind of taking naked pictures of all these women when we're wasted out of our minds. And he would print like eight copies for him and all the women. He would pass them around. It was just gross. That's so disgusting. That's so disgusting. He gets you vulnerable. He takes pictures of you like naked, wasted, acting crazy. And then he just hands them out like candy just to like embarrass you and I guess exert some sort of like control like don't step out of line or you know like look at what I can do and like she talks a lot about how it was so isolating there because you weren't really allowed to leave the mansion like without him unless it was like a very very special occasion in general so if you're not used to even leaving the house by yourself and you're afraid that if you do, you'll get blackmailed, like yeah. there's just so many reasons why you would stay for as long as she did. Horrible. So then Bridget and Holly start this podcast that we've been discussing a lot, actually. Yeah. And that started in August 2022. And like we said, they really get into their lives at the mansion. They actually watch the old episodes and then like pause them a lot and they were like okay what i remember is really what went down when we did that or mm-hmm. there's so much manipulation in the show yeah like they constantly in the show are trying to other holly which was something interesting from the podcast that i learned like she was like i wasn't interested in any of that stuff even the intros like kendra gets all the sports equipment bridget gets yeah. all the academia i remember her. this now yeah but holly just kind of had hef like, her identifier was Hef. Was the the main girlfriend. The main girlfriend. Like, yeah. she didn't have anything, and they didn't want her to. Yeah. It's kind of horrible. Anyway, as we mentioned already, they asked Kendra to join, and she has publicly said, no, I'm over it. Yeah, and I thought it was actually pretty condescending the way she, like, went about this, because when people asked her about it, like, why didn't you, you yep. know, join the podcast? Why don't you talk to them? Why aren't you guys in touch? She says, well, I've already healed. Yeah. And basically says that you can't really heal through something that's like so publicized, like basically saying that their form of healing, which is talking about it publicly and sharing their experiences is not valid. I don't know what's up with Kendra. Now she has some weird like. She's like a real estate. Yeah, isn't it like show or something? Kendra sells Hollywood. And she just makes a big deal about like, I don't know why people keep asking me about this. Basically saying, I'm a totally different person right now. She almost wants to act like none of it ever happened. Maybe that's her trauma response. Oh, but she talks about how she's completely healed and over it and doesn't need any more healing. Sure. Good for you, Kendra. So horrible. Okay, so let's talk about this this episode that they did where they talk about the little black book. I remember this episode. Uh, (laughs) This was so crazy. I know. Crazy manipulative. So apparently... We talked about how they they get an allowance. Yeah. But he made it so awkward for them to, like, ask for their allowances that sometimes they wouldn't even bother. Like, Bridget said that she 
would sometimes not ask for it for like weeks at a time because every time they did, he would take out this little black book where he kept track of like, I mean, whether or not they had received it yet that week, but also if they had slept with him, when they had slept with him, he kept track of their period schedules. I remember this. I know the period schedule. Yeah. And he would be like, because they mm, would, seems sometime, like you've been on your period right. for three weeks now. Yeah, because they would use their period as an to excuse get to having get sex. out of the sex nights. And he'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Let's talk about the fake crying, because I forgot that he liked to use fake crying, too. And in the <sighs> podcast, Holly's like, he wasn't good at it. Yes, like, she was like, like, it, it was, was so, so obvious. so cringe and I would have to like pretend like I believe that he was crying. Yeah. But again, it's like you're in this like kind of like cult like atmosphere. And if no one else is calling it out, you start to feel crazy. Like, am I the only one that can see that this is so obviously fake? So you just go along with it. It's like it's so manipulative. How pathetic. I just can't imagine the fake crying and the storming off. I know. It actually sounds like a child. Do you know what I mean? Yes. He was an 81-year-old child. Yeah. Because he sure. got cheated on that one time. When he was 23. Poor thing. He just needed some therapy. Honestly. <laughs> He's like, that will never happen again. <laughs> and then that's the literally created. That's literally what it sounds like, though. Is like, it's literally what it is in my mind now. Yeah. I can't forget it now. <laughs> yeah. Since we're on the topic of secrets of Playboy, let's just real quick talk about what Playboy has said about this show. I'm dying to hear it. Quote, we want to reach out to you in light of the forthcoming A&E docuseries that we understand will recount allegations of abhorrent actions by Playboy founder Hugh Hefner and others. First and foremost, we want to say we trust and validate women and their stories. And we strongly support the individuals who have come forward to share their experiences. As a brand with sex positivity at its core, we believe safety, security, and accountability are paramount and anything less is inexcusable. And then they go on to say that their staff is now over 80% female and that the Hefners are not involved in the company at all. That's like Victoria's Secret being like, we're so body positive now. And then like in the last week, they're like, but look at the old Victoria's Secret angels. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. How it's stupid also, do you think I am? Also, like, just end Playboy. Do I was going to say, it? just dissolve just it. Just end it. Just dissolve it. What I'm are, pretty what sure people are they can doing? just go on Pornhub. Sorry. Oh, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure everybody knows what Pornhub is. I don't even understand what they do anymore because no one no, no one's, one's buying, buying the these magazine. magazines didn't they have like no Playboy one's reading the blog or oh god like, i don't know i don't know things like that i don't know anyway let's get into crystal okay yeah yeah so crystal was hefner's last wife so holly and bridget and kendra leave yeah enter crystal yes yes and this is actually i remember at the time this was kind of devastating for Holly because I think at least in the show they really get into how Holly just wants to marry Hef. Yeah, she really just like she, she thought she down. was in love with him. Yeah. She wanted to get married and have kids with him, and when she realized that wasn't possible, that's when she, she left. Moved out. Yeah, and then shortly after, very shortly after, wouldn't be surprised if it was weeks after he meets Crystal. And eventually marries her. Yep. He married Crystal in 2012. She had a stricter curfew than the rest of them. She had to be in at 6 
p.m. That's so early. Like, what if you have a workout class at like 6.30? She was 21 years old. She can't even go to yoga at 6.30, Jen. Oh, and that's when they have all the nice candlelight classes. I know. Come on. She was with him from 2008 until he died in 2017. So she was with him for almost 10 years. That's a long time. And she since is like, I am now a totally different person. Like, I don't even recognize that person. He was a narcissist, a misogynist. She likens being at the Playboy Mansion to being like programmed and that she's gone through deprogramming since, which is the language they use with cults. Wow. This is what she says. I'm realizing I can be who I am and I'm finding out I'm nothing like the lifestyle I was in. I don't even wear heels. Those little outfits we have to wear all the time. I'm like, ugh. I've literally thrown away everything. It's almost like PTSD for me. I can't even look at that stuff. I've thrown out all the dresses, all the outfits, all the things I wore on the girls next door. Yeah. And she talks about how like she had to go to therapy just to like learn what a healthy relationship looked like. That's so sad. And healthy female friendships as well. Because she was like, I just I had no idea. This is these were my only experiences. Wow. And then thought this was really interesting. She after Hef dies, she tweets in response to Holly Madison about the revenge porn collection that Holly talked about so often. This was just last year, January 2022. I found thousands of those disposable camera photos you are talking about, Holly Madison. I immediately ripped them up and destroyed every single one of them for you and the countless other women in them. They are gone. Wow, that's really dark. Yeah, I mean, those were not the only ones. I don't think Crystal knew that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Just wanted to let you know that as of this year, Crystal is now writing a tell-all memoir. That's right. It's coming out in January of next year. Oh my God, I'm buying it. Are you serious? Yes, January 2024. And she wants to start a podcast about the abuse that like women go through at the hands of men is what wow. it sounds like. Yeah, you can pre-order it right now. Only say good things, surviving Playboy and finding myself. Yes, she said that on his deathbed, he told her, please only say good things about me after I die. Oh and, my God, I didn't know that. That's why she named it that. She was like, I kept that promise for five years, but it was just like eating me up inside. So I had to like start talking about it. Say your truth. Yep. We want to hear it. We do. I cannot wait to read that book. I couldn't either. So at the same time that Crystal was in the mansion, we mentioned the twins. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. The twins were Hef's youngest girlfriends. I believe they were only 18 when they moved into the mansion. Can you imagine being in a sexual relationship with your sister and an older man? It's so, so sad. And they even say they were like, We never, like, wanted to have threesomes together. Like, of course we didn't want to do that. Of course they didn't want to do that. But do you remember back in the day, like, 2008, 2009, whenever this was really going down, like, all those movies, like, Eurotrip and, like, all those kind of trashy movies, like, American Pie and them always being like, ooh, twins. Yes, they would always fetishize, like, a twin threesome. Who wants to do that? No one. Nobody wants to have a threesome really with their sibling, sibling. I promise you. While you're having sex? Ugh. Oh my God, sorry. That that sent a shudder down my spine. Yep. Also, I found this really interesting. They kind of imply that Kendra sort of like set them up. Yeah. 
there was kind of like this weird madam energy in the Playboy Mansion. Like we kind of touched on it with Vicky, but it was like recruiting other girls and then like leaving the scene, you know, so yeah. you don't have to put up with it. It's kind of strange. But yeah, it sounds like Kendra invited them over. They were smoking weed, but then she left. Half gave them a pill. Shocking. And then they all had sex. Ew, and he called them my babies. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ugh. Wow. They also allege that he passed an STD to them, which I would not be surprised. I wouldn't either. And one of them, Carissa, says that she actually got pregnant with his baby yeah, and had an abortion at 19 years old. They talk about old. that in the show. It's so dark. She says, quote, to me, it's like rape. He used control mechanisms completely through everything. So I'm happy that I had the abortion. Wow. And here's kind of what we were talking about earlier. This woman, Sandra Theodore, who was a playmate and a girlfriend of Hughes in the 70s, claims that, you know, he started grooming her when she was pretty young, 19, and he was 50. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that he manipulated her into bringing all these other women into the bedroom. I feel like this is when the like maddening vibe kind of started i remember I think he like started it with her yeah um and she in secrets of playboy she is one of the ones that mentions that he liked bestiality snuff films yes i remember her from the show she's oh she was his long-term girlfriend for a while yeah and she said she was with him for so long that she kind of like saw this evolution of like a semi-normal person into someone who just became like totally like addicted to sex and would just get bored easily and always wanted something like new and exciting oh my god she also says that she saw him okay she said that he had a skeleton key that would unlock all the doors in the mansion and that she one time saw him use it to go into a woman's room while she was sleeping yeah i remember that sexually assault her She also says that he liked girls that were, in quotes, damaged from a broken family where there wasn't a father involved because he could impress them and control them more because they would be more likely to please him or, this is important, please his friends. Yep. Jeez. She said, quote, he had this way of making everything go away and questioning yourself. He kept painting this fairy tale to me and making me question what I've seen. He had a way of twisting my world really badly. He reinvented to be this alluring man, and if you ever watch him closely, they're very practiced moves and maneuvers and facial expressions, and he had his story down. So just like gaslighting 101, basically. And then the last girl we're going to talk about, her name is Susie Kravacher, Mm -hmm. and she was also in Secrets of Playboy. She was 17 when she posed back in the 80s. And she, like, moved into the mansion later that year, but she was really shy, really nervous, like, stayed in her room most of the time. And one of the girls was like, you know, you really need to come out of your shell more. Why don't you go to Hef's room and you can ask him about being playmate of the year and, like, get to know each other. And she goes and he gives her, guess what? A quaalude. He loves that shit. She passes out, she wakes up, and he's just on top of her. He was naked and my pants were off. I thought that I was having a nightmare because it didn't seem possible. I pushed him off of me and it made him mad. And this was really sad because she got super depressed and like developed an eating disorder after this. That's so sad. And she said that she stayed because 
Well, she, number one, again, was afraid of secret blackmail. Yeah. And number two, she said, I just think it was a complete situation where you want him to not have ruined your life by also taking your employment. On the note of the blackmail. Yeah, let's get into the April Fool's (sighs) stunt. Okay, so back in March of 2015, Playboy.com published an article that said that they had uncovered these blueprints from the 70s and it was for a series of underground tunnels that was supposedly going to connect the mansion to Jack Nicholson's house, Warren Beatty, James Cunn, and Kirk Douglas's, like their private residences so that they could just come and go from the mansion secretly whenever they wanted to. And they uploaded these like very detailed, very realistic blueprints and they did it on March 30th, which oh is God. two days before yeah. April Fool's Day. But then on April Fool's Day, they posted a photo of Hugh Hefner holding up a sign that says April Fool's in reference to that article. And oh, they were cool. like, oh, JK, there are no tunnels. Um, okay. Which leads us. That's a hilarious prank. <laughs> which God. leads us into... This was a blind item from Crazy Days and Nights that we're just going to summarize because it was so long. Yeah. But basically, someone confirmed after visiting the mansion that there are tunnels. I honestly would believe that. Yeah. Considering like all this revenge porn. I don't know. It's a huge property. I don't know. It doesn't surprise me. Yep. In October of 2017, which was, you know, shortly after Hugh dies, this anonymous source he just goes by him on crazy days and nights was apparently friends with an attorney who was working on hefner's estate so he visits the estate with this attorney and with hugh's son cooper who was like who took over after hugh died yeah and he visits under the guise of the attorney being like, oh, I was going through some stuff. And you remember that Midsummer Night's Dream party that we went to? I found all these old photos of you. Let's go look at them. So they go to the mansion and they take him in an elevator down to like a sub-basement level bunker. Okay. And there's like a bank-style vault where you're not allowed to bring your phone or any electronics because there's some sort of net that like will just jam the signal and erase whatever's on your device if you go How through strange. it. How strange. This is like, yeah, some yeah. crazy like CIA technology. Like high tech, yeah. And he described the space as like a bunker with tunnels going to some place. Hmm, interesting. Sounds familiar. Uh-huh. So they go into the vault and it's just a bunch of metal cabinets and like filing cabinets. And there's a TV VCR unit, a DVD player. Oh, no. Where is this going? A movie studio style film viewer to watch eight and 16 millimeter films. Yeah, he was really into movies. Yeah. And then a photo box for blowing up pictures and slides. Wow. Spoiler alert. This is where he kept the revenge porn. (sighs) Okay. So Cooper says... This is allegedly, allegedly Cooper Hefner, allegedly. by the way. This is allegedly the Playboy Mansion. It says, quote, oh, yeah, most of the valuables he kept in here. Some of his business stuff he kept backups of at a bunker in some place in Utah, but most is in here. 
He liked to enjoy his collections. Oh my God. The paintings aren't the most valuable. He owns the most priceless things in history. He has the largest collection of unreleased movies ever, maybe worth billions. Apparently, this place was the Smithsonian of celebrity nudes and porn items. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote from the blind. Wow. Um, so then he goes on to describe all, and this was not revealed, but he goes on to describe all of the different people that he saw in these pictures and videos. Who did he see? They're not revealed, so we don't oh, know. Damn it. But he lists like 50 different people. So there's just probably wow. hundreds of tapes of all just like different celebrities. I believe it. And the son said, quote, dad had a ton of this stuff. Some of it he shot. Some of it he produced. A lot of it was bought from blackmailers and others to keep it out of the public eye. He bought it to protect a lot of his friends, and they returned favors. Ew. Sometimes he would keep a cameraman on hand at parties just for this purpose. Hmm. How's that protecting anyone? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And it's like so heavily protected that... That's why they have that like laser so that you can't like go inside and like record anything. You can't walk out with anything or it gets. Can you imagine erased, being the I son guess. of Hugh Hefner and like knowing about all this? <sighs> yeah. And they do kind of address that in this blind. And he's kind of just like, oh, I grew up around this stuff. So it doesn't even affect he me. He just must be traumatized or like not know. Yeah, I wow. totally agree. He's 31. He's our age. Weird. You so him does ask the son, where do they go now that Hugh is dead? And he says, most of it goes back to the people in them if they want them. That's what dad said he wanted. Some of it I'm supposed to hold on to because people may want to take out grudges against dad on me. Oh, my God. So I'm keeping them. Okay. So, I mean, good on Crystal for destroying what she could find. But apparently there's this massive vault with footage of... People you wouldn't even dream of that is just existing below the Playboy Mansion right now. Wow. Allegedly. Let's get into some blinds. Let's read it's some time. blinds. Yeah. So this one's from January 16th, 2013. Again, this is all a legend. This former A-list reality star and now trying to hang on to fame any way she can is just about out of money. She's working every day to try and hustle to pay her bills, which are out of control thanks to her boyfriend. She has sold almost everything of value she owns and is now selling her last big asset. She says she is selling it for other reasons which make absolutely no sense when you hear her explain it. And that's Holly Madison. And I just include these ones about Holly. I don't personally like how NT talks about her like because one, yeah. he throws a lot of shade at her. But just to show that, like, she did not get rich from this. No. Like, she's really struggling. Yes. It, it's really sad how much she lost from this situation and just to show that like and this is when it, she's with chris angel too and it really messed with the way that she looked at relationships yes. for a long time so like in this next one august 17th 2014 this b-list celebrity who may have peaked at a-list has had some television specials and is definitely a-list in his corner of the entertainment world he says the first time he hooked up with this now married former model slash former a-list reality star who tries to stay famous by hitting red carpets, tried to charge him for sex. 
He refused, and their public romance lasted a really short time because she kept wanting to be paid like she had in her long-term former relationship. And that's supposed to be Chris Angel and Holly Madison. That's so sad. It's so sad. If you're, like, in your early 20s and you're in this Ugh. essentially, like, sugar situation that you don't really want to be in with this older man and now you are out of it and you're, like, trying to have normal relationships and you just don't know lost. how. Yeah. Because you were in an abusive relationship for nearly a decade. Yeah, where you weren't allowed to work and you were essentially paid, you were for, paid sex. for sex. So I don't like that he is shady towards her. I feel like she's definitely a victim here. This is also 2013. So I feel like the way we even talked about them back then for, yeah. was very different post yeah. his death. Anyway, this one is pretty dark. December 5th, 2018. Everyone remembers this permanent A-list celebrity who did a turn in reality late in life as some type of gregarious, larger-than-life celebrity. He was that, but people forget that he also tried to sell a magazine a few decades ago that sexualized tweens and teens. It didn't last long, but not because there was not demand. It is because people were afraid to carry the magazine in stores because of how it depicted these tweens and teens. People also forget how he anonymously wrote a review in the magazine that made him famous, giving a rave review to a book. In that review, he said, Last year, the Puritan press generated a national burst of pious outrage over child pornography, the abuse of minors at the hands of callous X-rated filmmakers, pimps, and worse. Behind the campaign was the notion that children need to be protected from all forms of sexuality until they reach an age when they can fully appreciate the subtle nuances of guilt and shame that make sex such a bummer for many adults. God forbid we should protect children. <sighs> it is also a book that glorifies incest and suggests that babies as young as six months are ready for sex. It also says that incest should be embraced and not rejected in society. That if you start very early with your female children, they can grow into notably erotic young women. Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. That one is... That one is a lot. That one is bad. Okay, so here's another one, a pretty long one. Ooh. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. It's from June 30th, 2021. I thought I told this story many years ago, but apparently I never did. It was one told to me by that longtime unofficial mayor of Hollywood. It wasn't a very long story, but I always thought it was interesting because of how the two people are inexorably tied and how one probably wouldn't have had as much success without the other one was this illiterate permanent a-list actress everybody in the world knows she was always very close to my old mayor friend and was often her plus one when she needed a night just with a friend and not someone who wanted to sleep with her there were many times in her career where she felt obligated to sleep with someone whether it was because she owed them or it would make her career better, or sometimes just because she was scared. She often said she had far more sex she didn't want than sex she did want. One of those unwanted times was with another illiterate A-lister, someone who owed more to our actress than she to him. He couldn't really help her. She knew that. His friends were not her friends. They, of course, knew the same people, but they just didn't run in the same crowd. For the longest time, he had been pursuing her. He wanted to sleep with her, just to say that he did. He was obsessed with her. She always turned him down and would generally ignore him whenever she saw him. 
he finally made a deal with this permanent A-plus list singer to book him at triple his rate for some shows if the singer would get the actress to agree to have sex. So the actress met with the guy who had been pursuing her and he treated her like crap and made her feel every ounce of his rage that she had decided to turn him down. In her life, she had been raped multiple times, but said this was even worse than those. And that's Johnny Grant, Marilyn Monroe, Hugh Hefner, and Frank Sinatra. Just more proof that Hugh Hefner was like obsessed Obsessed with with her. her. Yeah. And went to such great lengths to assault her, essentially. Yep. This one's from July 7th, 2022. With all the acting tributes pouring in for this now deceased A-list actor, do not lose sight of the fact that he took part in many of the illiterate celebrities' parties. The ones where women were drugged and then date-raped. This happened hundreds of times. James Caan and Hugh Hefner. That's crazy. I didn't even know James Caan was, like, that famous back in the day. He comes up in regards to these Playboy events so many times. Well... He was part of one of the houses, allegedly, in that April Fool's prank. Wow. Where the tunnels were yep. going that apparently don't exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's another long one. This one's from November 15th, 2020. Most of the people I reached out to are too old to remember and referred me to people who are dead, but I stuck with it. I wanted to know if there was any truth to the accusation about the Oscar winner and the 13-year-old. From what I discovered, it was way worse than just one. Apparently, when the A-plus lister or their pervy producer friend at the time managed to land a 13 or 14-year-old, they would do everything in their power to keep her and would rotate her between the accused and the actor who has a name that rhymes with back of the godfather actor and a few others. They tried so hard to keep them. They would sometimes have as many as a dozen young teen girls. At some point, someone would... say we have far too many and they would load them up and take them to a big magazine mansion and let them loose into the arms of others who would then take them home the hunt would then begin anew warren Beatty, christina charlotte hirsch jack nicholson roman polanski james con hugh hefner playboy mansion I am very inclined to believe this one isn't it so interesting that Three of the people mentioned in their April Fool's joke yep, are in this blind. You know, Warren Beatty is kind of more of the shocking one for me. I'm, I'm just surprised by it. He's very beloved. <sighs> yeah. Just seems strange. But I, I definitely, I wanted to bring up that I think that we should look into Jack Nicholson and Roman Polanski because I think Jack Nicholson is a POS. Yeah, I totally agree. And he definitely knew about shit going down. He was a cokehead and he treated women like crap. And he and was there the night that Roman Polanski raped that 13-year-old. Give mm-hmm. me a break. And he was pretty terrible to Angelica Huston, right? Horrible to her. Yeah. I think it's worth looking into. Me too. For sure. These next ones, I mean, none of them are revealed. They are just part of a bigger blind that is called Playboy Horror. Great. From December 9th, 2022. All of these happened in the mansion itself or to a playmate. Number one. This back-in-the-day A-list mostly television actor who starred on a long-running network hit, which was rebooted not all that long ago, sexually assaulted a foreign-born Olympian in one of the bedrooms. 
Cute. Here's another one. This former A-list mostly movie actress who has two franchises under her belt says this A-list actor boyfriend got her drunk at the mansion one night and let all his friends see and touch her naked body and lots of photos and videos were taken while she was passed out. (sighs) This now dead actress slash former playmate who had a resurgence in fame thanks to a very popular network show was once sexually assaulted by this now-deceased former A-plus-list comic actor Oscar winner. And here's the last one. This A-list mostly movie actor from an acting family who is married to an actress got suspended from parties for a month after he beat a playmate bad enough to send her to the hospital. A month. Oh, yeah, that seems that seems fair. That seems... These are wild. If you guys have any ideas for maybe who these people are, please send us some tips. I'm so curious. And here we have one final blind from February 7th, 2023. This is pretty recent. Our actor was A-list. He was a crazy party animal who did a lot of drugs and died because of drugs. Everybody knows about his drug use, but his sexual habits are now coming to light. He recently mentioned in a recent scandalous documentary where a valet revealed that he was into his blood being drawn during sex and transgender prostitutes. He was also friends with this A-list singer slash musician from the same hometown as the actor. And they would regularly have threesomes with prostitutes and or groupies he would pick up. To make things more strange, every so often, that crazy writer, author, movie subject would join them on these sex journeys. And that's John Belushi, Secrets of Playboy, Stefan Tedenbaum, Warren Zevon, Chicago, and Hunter S. Thompson. So wow. Stefan Tedenbaum was the valet that saw Dorothy Got Stratton it. get assaulted. Do you remember him talking about this in Secrets of Playboy? Into his blood being drawn during sex? That's wild. That, that is, is the kind of wild. stuff that he witnessed at the mansion what a job what a wild can you imagine that is very bizarre anyway that's our couple of episodes on playboy check out secrets of playboy the show listen to girls next level podcast give them some money give them some love some attention and yeah rate review subscribe send us tips just start a chat with us yeah anything we'll answer we will answer And uh, we will probably be taking a week off next week. So we're going to rebroadcast one of our favorite and your favorite episodes. Yeah. Tune in to see which one. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.